This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every Wednesday live cast here on Twitch. As always, brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get your tabletop gaming goodies all the days of the week. Discounted prices, free shipping options within the continental United States. We also buy and sell used models. We have a mm-hmm. paint studio. We run events. eBay store. Yeah, we do lots. Yeah. We do lots of stuff. In, so we, have a, we have an actual in-store, in-house yeah. store. Yeah, a lot of people That's not the way to say it. write in and they're like, do you guys have a real store? I'm like, yeah, of course we, we have a real store. But you got to be careful because for some reason, if you Google it, sometimes it'll send you to our old location. But yeah, nobody can ever pin pay exactly how they got that address. Sometimes it's people a go downtown. Like, people call us. Are, are you uh, like, are you near this homeless shelter? We're like, actually, yeah. yes, but not that one. <laughs> a different one. <laughs> a nicer one. Fun, fun times, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. My name is Reese. I am your host with me as always. The trusty banana. That's me. Sidekick banana. You're like, if I'm Batman, you're Robin banana. Okay. It's like a horn outside. What is it? <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that was. As always, weird background noises yeah. on signals from the front line. So let's uh, jump in. We've got quite a bit to talk about. Thank you so much for joining us. And of course, if you're partaking via iTunes or, or Andrew, Android or Spotify or whatever if you're form of media that you enjoy uh, signals from the Frontline and listening to the Frontline Gaming Podcast Network, the FLGN, thank you so much for joining us. The live show is 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Wednesdays on Twitch, Frontline Gaming underscore TV. And however you enjoy the show, please be sure to like, subscribe, Hit the up button, all that good stuff, yeah. so that we can continue to grow and our evil plan for world domination will bear fruit. Yeah. We'll be good overlords, I think. Let's do to the podcasting game what we did to the Tau. Ooh. Let's crush them. But we obviously didn't do that job very well because Tau are rising in the ranks. True, true. Riccio <laughs> needs it. to come back. Screw that mustache. Yeah, Riccio, come back. You've, yeah. uh, you've become negligent because Tau keep winning games, dang it. Right. How are we supposed to keep up our, our rep as Tau haters? It's just the evidence doesn't support it any longer. That's true. Not that it ever did. So at any rate, big news for the German ITC community. In the last year, uh, Germany, a lot of, of German players have embraced the ITC, and it's really started to take off. Germany is a very big, uh, very it's huge for board games, tabletop games, period. But uh, it's also one of the biggest markets outside of the United States for mm. 40K, Age of Sigmar. And the, the, to help accommodate them and to uh, some very enthusiastic, positive response, we have uh, launched the German ITC rankings. Mm-hmm. So if you're a player in Germany and you would like to be the top of Zelita board, now you can. That was pretty good. Wasn't it? Pretty good accent. Was it? Yeah. I don't know. I did my best. I mean, I'm a little worried that they're encroaching a little bit, but uh, I think we'll <laughs> give it some time. It, they'll probably just let's do just, it. I, I like, I like it the more. wait, the wait and see policy. Okay, good. Let's see. Uh, good. Let's see how aggressive they get. They'll, they'll probably do it more efficiently. <laughs> That's true. They'll probably just improve the system. That somehow. is true. <laughs> but uh, big, big shout out to everybody that's been a part of that. Thank you so much. And um, 
I know the, every, all the German players I've spoken to have been really excited about it. So nice, very cool. So and who, if, who right now has their own system? The Australians do. Yeah, right. Australia. Uh, the Kiwis are included. Like, well, of so course. Right now, the the way it works is we are happy to get more specific in mm -hmm. the way we track the rankings as the player base justifies it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's kind of silly if there's only like a hundred people or something like that. Yeah. So right now we have like the South Pacific, which includes Australia, Asia, and uh, New Zealand. Mm -hmm. But the Australian uh, group kind of broke off. Now we have, uh, <clears throat> um, we, we can zoom in and we're going to do the same thing for New Zealand. There's a bunch of ITC events popping up in New Zealand. And now we have so many events in Asia that we're probably going to separate them into three different groups. Mm -hmm. um, we have another event in Thailand next weekend. Uh, there's quite a few in Ch mainland China. And Japan has events like frequently now. Yeah. Uh, so it would make sense to start to separate those as there's enough players to justify it. Yeah. So in Europe, we have the Netherlands who they adopted the ITC like immediately. Um, not, not the Netherlands, I'm sorry, like Scandinavia, basically, which we include um, the, the Viking countries, quote unquote, mm -hmm. uh, into that kind of grouping. We have mainland Europe, but now we've broken Germany out because there's enough players. Uh, we have the UK. And I, I think pretty soon here, we're going to have to break Spain out too. Hmm. Spain has, this is crazy. They have a 540-person ITC format event coming up at the, in November. Wow. Yeah, crazy. Crazy. It's, it's the biggest event in Spain ever. And it's, uh, it's a six-person team event. Mm -hmm. So really, really cool. It's ITC format and uh, some of the people helping run it. La Voz de Horus, the voice of Horus. It's the largest Spanish language 40K podcast in the world, to mm. my knowledge. So if you if you are a Spanish speaker and you have not heard of that podcast, check it out. I'm going to be jumping on. Uh, they're going to come on our podcast. I'm going to go on theirs. And uh, a big thanks to Mr. Stephen Pardo, who runs uh, SNN Battle Reports, the, the No Retreat events right. in Gibraltar. Mm -hmm. He's going to be our translator. So cool. big thanks to him. I speak a little Spanish, but not enough to Just conduct an interview. Try to speak the whole thing in Spanish when you do it. Hola, amigos. Yeah, there you go. Just <laughs> the whole time. Like it's an funny hour because just, people that, that yeah. speak Spanish from Spain sound so much different than people that speak Spanish from Mexico. Mm -hmm. And I have obviously learning how to speak Spanish here. I sound more mm -hmm. uh, Mexican. But yeah, when I, every time I've gone to Spain, it's funny. I'm, they're like, they have like a kind of a lispy. Yeah. It's like gracias. Mm -hmm. or, but they always say that people that speak it's very Mexican Spanish sound like they're always singing, oh. which is true. They are always singing. It does, they are. I'm like, they yeah. do sing all the time. That's actually a little tip. If you, ever, uh, if you ever go to a Mexican restaurant and you hear that everyone's singing in the back, and the, it's a good restaurant. Yes. You know, if they have paper hats on, that means the food's going to be, be good. spectacular. Yeah. So that's super cool, and it's, it's, it's exciting to see things go. But a 540-person event is nuts. That's the second biggest event in the world. Mm -hmm. Beside behind the 40k champs at the LVO, it's bigger than the LGT. Really? Yeah. So, <clears throat> kudos to them, and it's just exciting to see it. It's just really taking off. We have events in Russia now, Africa, South America, like in Uruguay, mm -hmm. uh, Venezuela. I've seen a few in France. Yep. Those are starting to pop up. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a lot more players in France than. Oh, France! Yeah. Germany, Spain, France are the big, the big ones in mainland Europe mm -hmm. for uh, 40k. But then Poland is a huge tabletop gaming mecca. Nice. Russia has a ton of uh, tabletop gamers. The Czech Republic is yeah. really, really active. It's just, it's great, right? It's great to see everybody participating, working together. The ETC mm -hmm. has uh, ITC events. Obviously, they use their own format, mm -hmm. uh, but everyone's working together. 
Yeah. And that's that was the goal from day one, was to get us all working together to create a global community, to get more people playing the game and excited to play the game. Mm -hmm. And it's very gratifying to see it working. So to everybody in the German ITC community, can't wait to see who wins, uh, who tops the leaderboard here in the first year. And it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be really exciting. Um, they have a, a major coming up too. That's like a cross promotion between, um, oh, I, I hope I don't see it's it, the Netherlands and Germany working together. Nice. TOs, yeah. So that's gonna be really cool. In other news, if you've been paying attention to Games Workshop, the big thing that everyone is talking about right now is Warcry. Uh, mm -hmm. They've been teasing it for quite a while, and now we're starting to see it really, yes. really previewing it because it's coming. It's coming up for pre-order very soon here. Yeah, they they didn't say anything about the release date. They just kept releasing warbands. Yep. And then they're like, you know, hey, we heard your thousands of comments on every post. It's being up for pre-order Saturday. So yep. this Saturday. So yeah, you'll get a chance mm -hmm. to get it. It looks really cool. Mm -hmm. And um, if you don't mind scrolling up, but. Uh, you made me lose my train oh. of thought there. So the the big announcement was the new uh, warband, these fancy looking gents, mm -hmm. which I thought was pretty cool because uh, you know they're 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 bright colored. They come from the realm of light mm -hmm. of Shai. No, not Shai. Haish. Haish. I don't know. Shaiish yeah. is the realm of death. Yes. I can't remember what the realm of light is called off the top of my head, but it's it's interesting because they come from the realm of light, which is associated with Sigmar, but they're a chaos cult. Well, no, not necessarily. Sigmar is the realm of heavens. It, the, hell, the realm of the heavens, that's yeah. right. So the realm, the realm of light is, is normal. It's is it um, different. Tyrion, Tyrion is that's the demigod right. that like runs that one. And they're from the realm of light. Light, mm -hmm. that's right. So they're still, it's still a, a realm that got taken over by chaos like during the right. the whole thing. So like, I, I really like the aesthetic. The hats are kind of a little goofy, very yeah. zinch. They're very zinchy. But they're like they're like samurai kind of. It's cool, but guys, and they look cool, and it's 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 neat that there's like a chaos faction from the realm of light, which yeah. I found very interesting. Um, and I, I would say aesthetically, if I was gonna play these, I'd probably do a head swap on them because I love everything else about them. Mm -hmm. But the big old hats just kind of look a little silly, in my opinion. But yeah. the models look great. Mm -hmm. But along with this, they've been releasing a lot of other information. Um, uh, about not only the, the setting, what's going on, they're, they're fighting for Archeon's attention and the gods' attention. That's all pretty cool. Uh, but they started talking about the rules, and that's where my ears always perk up because I always like learning. I'll read rules for games that I never have no intention of playing. I'm just curious to learn more about the mechanics and the choices that the designers made. Mm -hmm. But um, the big one for um, uh, Warcry, which to give you kind of like an overview is, is going to be similar to like a kill team for Age of Sigmar. It's a skirmish scale game where you have like a handful of models and, uh, and you play, you know, very slow model count games. Pretty cool. Mm -hmm. But uh, they talk, the first rule mechanic that I've, that I can remember that they've really discussed is the initiative mechanic. And they have this cool picture here, kind of like giving you an example, because to just hear it described, it's kind of confusing. But each player to determine initiative roll 66, and then you take, uh, any dice that are duplicates, right? There's like two or more of the same number. You put those to the side and those are kind of like the fuel for your special moves and combos. Mm -hmm. Any dice that are not duplicates, there's just one of that number. You add those, you don't add the numbers, you add how many instances there are of that die. And that uh, goes towards determining who goes first. Mm -hmm. So in the example that they gave you, the one guy with the red die or gallant, whatever, uh, rolled three singles, so their initiative is three. 
and then the other person didn't roll any. So the person with the red dice goes first, and then they have one triple, which is one group of three like dice that they can use to power a triple comp, like a triple effect. So, and then they showed like the iron golem dude mm -hmm. that it was like, oh, to use his super, his super ability, you need a triple mm -hmm. combo and then you can use it. And then they showed that the person with the black dice rolled a double and a quad. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming the double abilities are less powerful and the, the more, yeah. the higher ones are more powerful. And I, it, it just, it made me really kind of like, I need to see more of the rules to make any sort of a value judgment. Mm -hmm. But my initial reaction was like, this is the, the the biggest thing that people don't like about Age of Sigmar multiplied to a higher degree. Right. So it's like, who gets initiative? And again, I'm assuming it's not as crazy. It's probably not I go, you go. Mm -hmm. It's probably alternating model activation. So determining initiative may not be as big of a deal, but I, we don't know yet. I would yeah. assume that. But it's like in, in Age of Sigmar, the number one thing people complain about is random initiative. Well, not only now do you have random initiative, you have a random ability to perform your powerful combos and actions. Mm -hmm. So it's even more random, strictly just on like luck of the draw, which we'll again, we'll have to wait and see how it plays out in reality. But the more random a game is, especially on something as critical as who goes first or second, and how, if you can do your combos and your power moves or not, um, the less competitive of a a game it's going to be just from a 30,000 feet above perspective, right? Right. The more you go towards playing shoots and ladders and the less you, you go towards playing chess, the more it, it's just it's just a game of chance. Yeah. Right? So again, maybe there's ways to manipulate this. Uh, out of context, it's it's hard to make any kind of a judgment, mm -hmm. but my off the cuff reaction was, was, was not super appealing. I know a lot of people like random games. They find that to be very entertaining. Mm -hmm. But for someone who plays a game looking for it, it to be determined by skill, that's kind of a turn off to me. What do you think, bud? I agree. Uh, but I also know that these aren't marketed towards individuals like us. I feel like it's not... There's a big, I would say, uh, probably a bigger market for people out there that like these types of games where... You know, you just set up again. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna play Warcry, buddy. Why don't you bring your war your war band over? We're gonna play on like a Saturday afternoon on my kitchen table. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. Like I think there's more people that do that stuff than we might think. Just because like in our realm, you know, that we don't see it. We just don't. We see people playing competitively all the time. All of our friends play competitively. Everyone we know plays competitively. But then, you know, there's people who go and play Zone Mortalis on Saturday and someone's garage, you know, for me, I'm like, what, like, why would you ever do that? But it just doesn't appeal to me. But I just, I mean, yeah, I guess it that's kind of my view. That's my view on it. It's like, I think I, I'm probably not going to play the game just because like, I don't like those types of games. And this, this is not a competitive game. It looks like at least, at least so far, we don't know, right. Yeah. Until more of the rules come out. But, um, if you are just a big fan of games workshop in general, and you're like, I like everything they do. I play all their games. Like when that little, remember that uh, the Gangs of Comorog came out and it was like. I actually heard that was a fun yeah, game. Yeah, so like like some people love that stuff and they're going to pick it up. You know, this is, I would say the same as like um, Necromunda or um, what's the other one? That's it. I was going to say more time, but there is no more time. So, Not anymore, yeah. Um, but something like that, you know, it's just but the thing more is, of a narrative fun Even the most game. casual players I know, even the most hardcore casual gamers yeah. still play to win the game they just mm -hmm. 
they want the they want the the wind condition to be the in the way that they envision it. That's yeah. usually more true to the fluff, mm-hmm. right? So, no one plays a game like, or I would say it's an extremely low percentage of people play the game mm-hmm. where they literally do not care about the outcome of the game because mm-hmm. a point of a game is entertainment and to see who wins. Yeah. So it's like. I don't like you know, who plays shoots and ladders. It's like children play shoots and ladders, mm-hmm. right? And like you could play that game competitively if you chose to. Yeah. But the older you get, the more you kind of see through it, and right. you're like, "Wow, this is a game that's literally yeah completely random." And I don't think these games are meant to have staying power in terms of like. I think Warcry they intend for it to stick around. We'll like, see, but Shadespire has not been what I think they envisioned, unless we just it's not what we see. Like we. They've it's, supported Shadespire pretty extensively. They have, but it's not. Well, at least this is a personal opinion. Like it's not right now what I think they were hoping it was be. Maybe sales are great. I don't know. I I know I'm just anecdotally speaking, but you, it's just um, a lot of people pick these up and they'll play one or two times, and then that's it. Um, right. Enough. I feel like this is going to be something like that as well, where it's it's just not like Warhammer Forty Thousand. You can literally buy an army, put it together, and unless there's major rules changes or whatever. Like you can play that same army for, for years, years, and years, years and years. You can pack it up. You can go to another country. You know, it's just it's one of the, it's that that. And I would say Age of Sigmar is the same way as well because it's a full fledged game. But these smaller ones, I feel like Necromunda stuff. It's really just like I don't know. I don't think I'm ex- explaining it correctly, but I, I, um, get what you're I appreciate these games because you just they're amazing to look at, and um, you know. I don't know. Maybe I just don't have a dad to play with it. You know, it's just like Lord of the Rings, you know? <laughs> well, then uh, you're, you're a neglected child. I guess so. But, but uh, in the chat, GMO Paint says, uh, in my opinion, mini games have been uh, a trend, but the good thing is that you can use the models for other game systems. Yeah, fair enough. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's been a list of all the other games that have kind of come and gone. But uh, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. And, and Warcry, to me, seems like they are definitely gearing this up to, to be a game that sticks yeah. around and because there's so much coming out I, for it. I hope so. I had high hopes that it was going to be something that was like a, like a a skirmish version of Age of Sigmar, where they use the same types of rules, but warband focused. It's an introductory game. Because that would have been great. Yeah. But, but it looks like these are actually new, completely different games. Like it's what Kill Team is to 40K. Yeah, exactly. It's not the same. I think that that like, was the idea. But when yeah. looking... Cause Kill Team for 40K is super duper popular, yeah. but it's ex- the, the rule set is very competitively right. minded. Yeah. Like it's a game that is all about player mm-hmm. choice, determining <clears throat> who wins the game. And of course there's right. dice. You want some random element because that may, what's make, makes it exciting. It's why is gambling exciting, right? Mm-hmm. Like poker is considered to be a game of skill. Like if you're really good at poker, you're going to win far more often than you lose, even yeah. though there's a big random element to it. Mm-hmm. Skill starts to become <clears throat> a bigger part of it, whereas right. roulette is just right. random, yeah. right? And then you, you can develop skill at, at, at betting, at a betting strategy, mm-hmm. but it's not like you're not going to go to a roulette tournament, yeah. right? You know, and that's, that's the difference with these kinds of games is mm-hmm. that you want enough random element to make it exciting and create those moments mm-hmm. where you roll the dice and an unexpected or a, a low probability event occurs that creates excitement. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the, the juice that the dice bring, but you don't want the game to be shoots and ladders where it's literally just random, right? Yeah. Like player agency should be the, the number one determinant in who wins or loses the game, Yeah. right? With, with the low exception of, you know, an outlier where someone just rolls like all ones and it happens once in their lifetime or whatever. Mm-hmm. So 
And, and that, that's that's kind of the, the, the trade-off, right? Like, in, in Kill Team is more towards the player agency side of the equation, and I think that's why it's so popular. Whereas, at least what we've seen from Warcry so far, and I could be completely wrong because I don't know, it looks like it's leaning more the other way. So whether or not it's going to strike the right chord, I don't know. The models are amazing. The terrain we've seen in the kit is, are amazing. Mm -hmm. um, the setting, I really like the setting, the lore. It's like this like battle royale between all these chaos cults. That's cool, man. Yeah. I, I dig that. But yeah. if it's the parts of Age of Sigmar that, that frustrate people, like magnified, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, the random elements just... I don't... It's just like that's... If you want to play a game to watch random and silly things happen, that's totally cool. Mm -hmm. But that is not the kind of game that I personally enjoy right. playing. But again, we're, we're speaking from our own personal opinions. And there's a lot of people in the chat right now that are saying that's going to sell well. The models look great. Nobody, I think, is arguing that at all. Yeah. I think it's going to sell fantastically. The models do look great. These are some of the best models that they've ever put out. Yeah. There's no disputing that. It's well, just the rule. I'm I'm just a little personally disappointed because when I first when they first started teasing this without any hint of rules, I was hoping again. This is me personally that it was going to be like a, a skirmish version of Age of Sigmar, and I was like, that's perfect because I don't have time to play full games or to collect an army. But it would be awesome to put together a little war band, but play the rules of Age of Sigmar. Yeah, just quick pickup game, like quick competitive games that are on a smaller play surface. Turns out it looks like it's not going to be that way. So, you well, know, we'll, we'll see, right? Like, yeah. We don't want to be. We don't want to sound negative. It's just like that. Right. This is my off the cuff reaction. And I'm sure this is gonna. It's it's gonna do very well. It's beautiful for yeah. a time. I feel. It's. I think it's gonna be like the other ones that we've seen. You know? Well, that's that's a good segue. Why don't we take a look? Yeah. At some of the other pictures because uh, GW's been showing us some of the war bands that uh, are coming available and they are, right. Brilliant models. Right. The first one is the Corvus Cabal. They come right. from the Realm of Shadow, which I can't remember what it's called. It's my absolute favorite. They look yeah. so cool, dude. The, the, the Raven guys, yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool. Um, the Cypher Lords is the one that we were talking about previously. They come from the Realm of Light. Mm -hmm. uh, they look fantastic. The um, the next one, the Iron Golems, mm -hmm. they come from the Realm of Metal, and they're in the starter set. Yeah. And looking at the rules that they've explained for them, these guys are kind of like slow and sturdy. Mm -hmm. They hit hard. They have really good armor. Um, you know, they're not very quick. Like the the big guy that they were previewing, he only moves like four inches. Mm -hmm. So he's like super duper slow. But they can take a beating and then they, they hit really hard. Um, the next one, the Splintered Fang uh, coming from the Realm of Life. This is my personal favorite one. The... Um, I like the snake theme. Mm -hmm. um, and then Girin is the Realm of Life. So, again, that was, the, the Realm of Life is kind of more associated with, like, order and, like, more positive mm -hmm. stuff. Like, so it was neat to see, like, a Chaos cult that is coming from, you know, that area of the, of the lore. Um, then we have the Unmade, which are the very super cool undead faction. And uh, they're not actually undead, but they're humans that live in the realm of death. Yeah. Which is Shaiish. And uh, they're cool. they have the really... coolest story so far from what I've seen where they were like, how how do we deal with these chaos incursions or these uh, the undead? How do we live here? With zombies all over and the place. And the chaos gods were like, I can help you out. Let me just tear your face off. You just have to put cut on your, your belt. face off. And they're like, well, I guess this is better than being a zombie. <laughs> and then, so that's what they did. That's rough. Yeah. That's, a, that's a Sophie's choice. That's a tough heard one. I think they made the right choice, though. Yeah. yeah. What's a face, you know? You know, who wants to hang out with uh, Nagash? That's a loser. Ugh. 
Two-time loser. Two, yeah, in the yeah. gash. He's the Skeletor. He is. He just completely. Nah, 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 he man. Ugh, he's terrible. And then we got the Untamed Beasts, which is my. Th- this is my second favorite. Aesthetically, I think they look the coolest. Mm-hmm. They're like Conan, the barbarian dudes, um, and they come from the realm of beasts, obviously, which is Gur. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very cool. <clears throat> well, one of the things too that they have shown is that these warbands are going to have little like um, animal friends and stuff to yeah. help them out. So a lot of these models are going to be models that exist already in the game. So yep. like Furies are coming out. We haven't had new Fury models for Chaos. They're called something different now, but yeah. But but there's the same, but you can u- now use these. So instead right. of using this horrible like 1995 metal sculpts, yeah. like you have new models. So that there's a little bit of silver lining for a lot of people, I think, too. Where it's like, I'm not going to play this game, but I play Chaos and I like Furies and I have had to use these knockoff models or whatever, but now I can actually get these cool. Yeah, the, the cool looking ones. They're yeah. actually like monster models that they're coming in the starter set, which the Untamed Beast is the other faction in there. They're getting those dog things. They're like a, No, the dog guys in their gang. There's dog. these little like bird dog things. Oh, that's right, little like yeah, like little raptors. Yeah, like yeah. I don't know what they're like they're like feathered dogs or something. I don't know, yeah. whatever. But they kinda like from what I've read, they roam around the battlefield like biting you and stuff. So As they do. But you can use them in Age of Sigmar. You can use all this stuff in Age of Sigmar. Okay, that's good. Um, but then they've also previewed two, the, the last two factions, which we haven't seen yet. The <clears> first one's called Scions of the Flame. <clears throat> and I would imagine they're from the Realm of Fire. <laughs> Pro tip right there. <clears throat> uh, pretty cool. Can't wait to see what those look like because I'm sure it's going to be really neat. <clears throat> uh, and then the last one is Spire Tyrants. which has got to be the Realm of Chaos because that's the only one that they haven't shown. Well, what about the realm of heavens? They won't do that because that's Sigmar's. That's Azerheim. They, that Azerheim. No, they, you can't have a, a chaos. Yeah, you can. The gates are closed to everything. <laughs> There's some sneaky sneaks. I in don't there. think it's the Spire Tyrants though. That um, that would make sense because well, get, I'm more the there chaos is, there faction is a, from chaos. There is a realm of chaos, and and yeah. they are. They said that the um, the the place where they actually converge to do these arena battles is at the all points. Yeah, which, which is, is Archeon's place. Yeah, which so, is cool. We'll see. And then they show, there's a, uh, another little sneak preview where it turns out you can play any faction mm-hmm. in uh, Warcry and they give us a little chart that yeah. shows, you know, like, yeah, these are all the other factions that you'll be able to just, make a just buy, for. Um, they're going to have like little uh, card decks that you buy. They're like right. little uh, booster packs, kind of like uh, like baseball cards looking things. Um, I'm sure they'll, it'll be specific models that you can use. They might have like cool, this might be like cool stories like... Um, like in 40k, where like you see like space marines and stuff fighting in the arena pits in uh, Kamarag because they, they get they captured. got abducted. Yeah, so yeah. it might be something like that where these guys got captured. So now you have Stormcast banding together like in a gladiator type thing. That's pretty cool if they do that. I don't know if they're gonna do that, but well, yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting how they justify having some of the like Stormcast Eternals fighting in the chaos pits. But yeah, it must be something like they got captured or mm-hmm. maybe they went rogue. Which is a cool story, like yeah. a really cool. And if they were able to come up with like. I know they're not going to do it initially, but come up with models for that, like showing like, you know, maybe like Stormcast Eternals with like, like, uh, like armor pieces that they had to like scavenge and put on and stuff like that. That would be neat. Um, you know, there's a lot of potential for, for something cool in there. A lot right? of shirtless uh, Stormcast Eternals, which now would be amazing. Now you're talking. They got to be ripped. Oh, duh. Just yoked. I don't want to play with a, a, a model if he's not yoked. They're just super giant yoked. Like, just you know some what? like dad bod guy. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's, it's too close they're to just home. like, just eat clean. And get 80 hours of sleep and you look like me. You're like, okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Got it. So uh, Warcry causes some excitement. Can't wait to learn more about it. Hopefully it's not, you know, shoots and ladders. But we'll, you know, we'll see. And you know, some people really like shoots and ladders. And same people go to, to conventions just to play shoots and ladders. 
I guarantee you there is a shoots and ladders convention somewhere. Mariana right. on it. That's that it. probably gets like 10,000 people. You know what? Those are people I want to meet. Mm-hmm. And they cosplay it, shoots and ladders. Ooh, ooh that'd be all like little kids. I'm gonna be a shoot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can be a ladder. Whatever. Shoots and ladders the is a thing, thing, right? Right, but shoots and ladders, you could be caught. You'd be like a candy cane, right? That's Candyland. Oh. Which is that would be a good cosplay. That'd be a weird. Because there's all kinds of characters in there. Which oh was my fun. god! Candyland if they had, if they had a Candyland convention, I'm I'm sure there's something to that effect. The FBI probably is there for sure, <laughs> like 100. <laughs> percent there you go. Oh, yeah. 2010 says I did it once. Yeah, and it sucked. And two guys showed up. All right. So, SoCal Open is uh, coming up not too long away now, and the 40K Champs event is about to sell out. I think we wow. have maybe, I don't know, 10, 15 tickets left. Is that the first time? Yep. Oh. yep. It'll be a 256 Super Major. Going to generate a ton of points. We would love to see you there. If you have any intention of coming out to the event, Please do not wait. We are down to the last dozen or so tickets yeah. for the 40K Champs event. It's going to be a ton of fun. But, of course, we have a lot of other events going on, including uh, Age of Sigmar, Kill Team, Shadespire, 30K, and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, 40K narrative event, all kinds of fun stuff. So come on out. Have fun. The event is October 26th and 27th, 2019 at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. Mm-hmm. Right there, uh, right next to the beach. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and they, I think, they they always have like some sort of Halloween maze thing too. So if you have your family coming out, yeah, um, there's, they do that in the evening. Like, yeah, there's a there's usually like a, a you know, teenager yeah. kid themed uh, Halloween thing going right. on too. And then uh, there'll be pretzel hot dogs. Ooh. They always have pretzel hot dogs. Ooh. Twelve bucks. Yeah, they're not twelve bucks. <laughs> they're not cheap. It's a steal. Yeah, a steal yeah. for diarrhea. <laughs> You're I've really paid more. It. I've you're, paid more for less. You're really selling it. Uh, it's a super fun event. We yeah. can't wait to see everybody there. For uh, Las Vegas Open news, we have uh, opened up another heat for the Star Wars Legion National Championship event at Las Vegas Open. The yeah. first event sold out in hours. Jeez. And due to popular demand, we decided to expand it out. And those tickets just went up for sale. They're almost sold out for the second heat as well. So if you wanted to come and play Star Wars Legion in the National Championship event, uh, please act quickly. I think there's only 10 tickets left for the Saturday wow. heat. Yep. That's one of those games, too, where if you don't know it, how many people play the game it's competitively. Brand, it's brand new. It's only just, been out for two Because I know, I'm not sure about you, but I was, I'm a little surprised. Well, because Imperial yeah. Assault kind of came and, and didn't do a whole lot, but Star yeah. Wars Legion is very popular. But those are different manufacturers, it's not, it's right? Same. Does Fantasy Flight. Fantasy Flight does Legion also? Imperial Assault oh. was more of a board game. Right, 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 right. Star Wars yeah. Legion was a, a, a miniatures game first and foremost. Got it. Uh, obviously, with the massive uh, fan base for Star Wars, mm-hmm. it's not surprising. Uh, in the game, uh, I haven't played it, but I've, I've perused the rules and I've seen it played. It looks like a lot of fun. We've been doing more commissions for it, so yeah. I mean, that, that tells you anything. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... Uh, Filling up really quickly. If you want to uh, come and participate, please grab those tickets ASAP. The Friday heat is sold out. The narrative event is sold out. Uh, So we are almost full on Star Wars Legion. And also we added an X-Wing. It's a a national level event also for X-Wing. And um, that one's been filling up really quickly. So please, if you want to participate in that event, grab your tickets Mm -hmm. for that as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, so we decided to take a little bit of a more practical look at Chaos Knights. I know that's kind of like the big thing out there right now. 
And I figured I would throw my list out that I've been playing with and share some insights as to what I found that works and doesn't work and talk about some of the other common Chaos Knight combos that we're seeing out there. Because my list is definitely not the norm. Um, it's a little different than what you're seeing. Kind of like the, you know, quote unquote, net Chaos list is... Uh, three Chaos Knights, usually three big boys, and then a Nurgle Demon Detachment with uh, Plague Bearers and, and things that will augment the Plague Bearers. Uh, it gives you everything you, you, you could possibly want mm -hmm. in a list. You've got incredible kill power with the Knights, speed. Mm -hmm. Plague Bearers are the best screen unit in the game, point for point. There's no question about that. Yeah. Um, it's hard to get more solid than that list, honestly. Yeah. Like that... There, Eighth edition doesn't have as much pl uh, plug and play as seventh did. But that would be a very like if somebody's like I want to do well. I would say that's the list. That's a good yeah. list. And you you yeah. could because you can maybe you go like a couple double Gatling cannon knights or a couple melee knights or a mix, mm -hmm. um, and you get pretty good amount of CP. And then the plague bears don't really need much at all, and, mm -hmm. and they're just so tough to get through for for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Plus, they're ridiculously fast, which is silly for Nurgle. Yeah. So they're really good at board control, and then the, those those combined, uh, they give you an extremely good, like you said, uh, extremely good army that plays quickly, mm -hmm. and you do not have to be Napoleon to play that army. Well. Yeah, it's not that hard to play. Which it's I, this, I mean, I don't say that in. A derogatory way because that's how I build my lists. Yeah. I'm like as little model count as possible because I have a hard time focusing if it gets too big and deploying and stuff that like is very forgiving like with yeah. deployment like that's perfect that's all you need you know like you got to get good at it but like you people are going to have a hard time yeah and uh, so I decided to throw my list out there that I've been playing quite a bit I was playing it a lot before the Chaos Knight Codex even came out um, with the Index <clears throat> Knight uh, and I was having really good success with it. And just kind of give a quick overview. I have a corn themed army. This used to be my corn demonkin army. And uh, so that's my, I play mine differently than kind of like the bog standard chaos knight list, which I think the majority of them are going to be Nurgle demons plus knights. Because mm -hmm. it just, it just makes sense. It's a good combo. Yeah. But for me, I take a corn demon detachment with uh, smash prints with the relic axe. For those of you who don't know, uh, I think. Jim Vessel, if you didn't know about it before, Jim Vessel's been using it, and I think that probably projected it into the spotlight. Yeah. But he is one of the hardest-hitting melee uh, characters in the game. It's insane. That's the the axe that'll take out a knight, yep. no problem, right? Average dice, you'll kill a knight in one round of combat. Yep. I've right? faced it. Yeah, yeah, it's rough. It's it's incredible. He's only 180 points. Um, and the it's basically, it's a corn demon prince that takes Skull Reaver, if I remember the name of the axe, Mm -hmm. But uh, it's an AP4 axe that re-rolls wounds against Titanic, mm. um, and it uh, does D6 damage. And on a 6 to wound, it does D3 mortal wounds in addition. And then if you're a corn Demon Prince, you get an extra attack uh, for being corn. And then if you're in a corn Battalion, you get plus 1 strength and attack when you charge. And so, I'm sure there's a stratagem unless you swing twice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Corn gets a, a swing twice stratagem. Yeah. So... This one guy, I mean, he's a little fragile. Demon Princes aren't that hard to kill. Mm -hmm. But this one guy will just KO almost anything he attacks. But he can't be targeted. Yeah, well, and snipers are becoming more and more prevalent. Yeah. But since he's not infantry and since he is T6, um, a lot of the, the normal snipers aren't really a threat to him. Like a Vindicare is wounding him on a five. It's yeah. kind of like whatever. Uh, so that's one of my heavy hitters. I have Karnak. I really, really like using Karnak. Uh, it gives me two Deny the Witches. That's the main mm -hmm. reason I take him. But he's also actually really good in melee for what you spend on him. Um, you know, he's... 
AP2, two damage, lots of attacks. Uh, and then you pick one enemy character and you get plus one to hit and wound against him. So he's, he's really efficient. I enjoy him quite a bit. Mostly for psychic defense, but... He's a cheap when, HQ. When he has to mix it up in melee, he's really good. I take three Bloodletter Bombs. That's what eats up a lot of my CP. The fact that demons have to spend CP to Deep Strike is a bit silly, but it is what it is. And uh, the triple Bloodletter Bomb has been great for me. I've been doing it forever. Um, come in, does a ton of damage. Uh, a lot of the time, they'll just kill whatever they charge. And if you can clear screens out of the way uh, before they come in, they will riggedy wreck stuff with a 3d6 inch charge plus one with a reroll if, if the Demon Prince or Karnak are nearby. Uh, it's extremely likely that you make the charge from reserves. And then they can just spread out and touch everything. So they die really quickly. You know, they're, they're not resilient, but they hit really hard and I absolutely love using them. So that's been a lot of fun. And then I have a Black Legion uh, uh, battalion. I take Abaddon. He's amazing. Um, plus two CP because my army's really th CP thirsty. Uh, helps a ton. Plus, he's just a savage beat stick. Mm -hmm. And I take an Exalted Champion with the Relic Chain Sword. Uh, it's extremely powerful. And he and Abaddon hang out together and buff each other, and they're like the Bash Bros. Mm -hmm. uh, really, really good. Three units of uh, 10 Cultists just for screens and CP because I found that my army is really susceptible to Gene Stealer Cult. Uh, that's like my number one nemesis that I found. And uh, I need those cultists there to keep the gene stealers off me just for a turn or two. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, it's usually not a problem. And then, of course, the, the part that people are most interested in, the Chaos Knights. I've gotten a lot of reps in with the Knights. And I've kind of come to this point with lots of experimentation. Um, I take uh, Iconoclast. It works best for what I want them to do. I think Inferno is great. But for specifically what I use them for, I found that that works really well. I have a war dog, uh, the melee war dog with heavy stubber. Uh, everyone's a dreadblade because why would you not? And with Iconoclast, he's really, really strong. Uh, plus one attack and AP on the charge is just so good for him. Uh, it makes him a threat to anything on the table. He's super quick. And for my dreadblade pact, I usually take um, uh, Infernal Vigor because no matter what you roll, it's super good. Plus mm -hmm. two inches movement. It's amazing. That makes him ludicrously quick. Plus one weapon skill, plus one ballistic skill. It's all really good. Um, so that's usually what I take for his uh, pact. Uh, find it to be just super useful no matter what. For my, uh, I take a Helverin war dog with the auto cannons. And then for his pact, I usually take just get a free command point and plus one leadership. Mm -hmm. uh, because typically speaking, he doesn't really need anything else. And he sits in the back, holds objectives and shoots. So then just the free CP, it's like, yeah. And then if you take the damnations of like fight last and combat and then um, on a phase in which you took a wound on a four plus, you take another wound, it almost doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So it's like if he fails, it's like whatever, who cares? And those two I found to be super good. I tried double melee, I tried double shooty, and I found the best was one of each. Mm -hmm. uh, I really enjoyed it. And with Iconoclast, if he does need to charge something, it makes him way better in melee. So... And then my big boy, um, I was running a double battle cannon knight for forever. But uh, really, when it push came to shove, the Gatling cannons, obviously, is just more dependable. It, it, it's the better gun, generally. Mm -hmm. um, I liked having the, the, the battle cannons for blowing away, for, for fighting other vehicles. Mm -hmm. But what, really, what I need is to clear screens before the bloodletters come in. So yeah. then I, it, that was what finally convinced me just to, to go with the Gatling cannons. Um, and then depending on what you want to do, you know, depending on who you're facing, and that's the real power of the Chaos Knights, is it's super flexible. 
So if I'm fighting another Chaos player, you take the ignore modifiers to hit Relic, mm -hmm. and then he just smokes Plague Bearers like nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, just blows them away. And then if you're not playing a corn theme army and you have a Chaos Sorcerer in there and you have Death Hex, Plague Bearers just get obliterated. Mm -hmm. Anything that does multiple damage to them and ignores the minus one and two, even three to hit on them, mm -hmm. Just wrecks them because their feel no pain becomes dramatically less yeah. effective. Now, does this knight have the double uh, Gatling the, cannon? Double Gatling cannon. Okay, good. Yeah, ahead. and I give him the Iron Storm missiles because I right. feel like you're silly for 16 points. You're silly yeah. not to take it. Can we can we caveat this real quick? Take a little yeah. sidebar and talk about how ridiculous it is that the kits don't come with one Gatling cannon. Not even one. I know. I don't. Get I don't it. know if that. I mean, it's brilliant on their part if it was a sales move because well, you is, have to buy it. Yeah, it's people always think that, but it's really. Like, I, I am not a part of the creation of the right. model process, but it's that's the people making the models are like mm -hmm. the model is made way before the rules are written, like right. a year before the rules are written. To so, my you, knowledge. Think, you think that somebody made the model kit and then down the line they're like, hey, let's actually give them all the imperial options, also. I, I don't have the answer yeah. for it, it's right? just it's, it's a bad taste. If, if, I, if I was Games Workshop, my, what I would do mm -hmm. would be to sell the weapon options as a separate kit mm -hmm. and make a ton of money and then discourage people from looking at 3D printed options right. or third party options. Because guess what has already started popping up on every feed in yeah. the world is is 3D printed Gatling, Gatling cannons. cannons. Yeah, and of course that's going to happen. Yeah. And it, to, like again, I this isn't my call and I don't know, but you would think that they could make yeah. The weapon sprue, so I think it might even be separate, mm -hmm. and just sell it on its own. Yeah. And then you would discourage people from going to a third-party vendor mm -hmm. to, to get the weapon options that yeah. they want. Because I only see the I see the frustration from all people asking for paint quotes yep. on the new knights. And they're like, well, I want this one. I'm like, that's great. We can do it. But there's we don't no have Gatling the cannon, cannon. So you do have to source them. And then that's the whole thing. So anyways, that's it. Done. That was my no, mini you're, rant. You're not wrong. Yeah. Because like the, the Chaos Terminators is the same thing. Yeah, the basic like two chain their basic or chain axes weapon that they have they come stock with they don't have. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, well, how does that happen? Anyways, it is frustrating. Yeah. Um, but you know, and if you feel this way, if you're frustrated by this, yeah. go and politely because right. I get I get like that the um, the Havocs came with like one Reaper cannon. Oh chain yeah, cannon, right? I that get was, it. That like, was the other so one. like I get it. They can um, yeah, you got to buy multiple boxes. Cool, like. But like the, the if it's a, something that like their actual weapon loadout, what they star stock with, and you have one, I know that doesn't make any sense, and I don't know why. The new, the the new gun in the in the Havoc kit that yeah. is the most exciting thing in there. You get one of them was definitely a poor choice, but again, that I understand. Th these are designed so far in the past, like I, right. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. I know. Like you would think that they would have put two or three of the new kit, mm -hmm. the new gun on there, but. Because again, all it does is it just drives people to try and find other ways to get them. Yeah, this is again, this is this guy. Never mind, Jamba is, has my mentality that you don't necessarily agree with, where they think that this will force people to buy more different kits, but then they are shocked that people three D print. No, they're they're not idiots. Like they're aware of what goes on. Right. Right. But it's yeah, not, I just think it's they would make a, more money. It's if they not did a themselves. big. Yeah. It's not a big conspiracy because people are looking at it from yeah. the end result and then speculating on how they got there. Mm -hmm. but that, it's just not, it's not the case. Yeah. It's not like, I guarantee there's, there's people there that are like, man, we would have made a lot more money if we would have been able to sell mm -hmm. Avenger Gatling cannons. Right. Or, or their mentality that people play for fun. And like, let's give the example of the chaos terminator kit. 
that why wouldn't everyone take one of each option? Because that's the fun way to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like competitive people are like, no, I'm not going to do that. Or like, or like Havocs, right? Like, like, you know, of course everyone immediately is like, I want four. Well, yeah, but I mean, if, you look at, if you look at every example in any codex, a Devastator squad has four different like one, guns, yeah, 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 yeah. Which, which nobody does because it's horribly inefficient. Right, unless it's, you're like a 13-year-old playing and you don't know at what you're a doing. games workshop yeah. and you put your model kit together and you're there to play. But then like now in 8th edition, yeah. that, that loadout is actually somewhat viable because yeah. they can split fire. Yeah. But especially in editions past, it was like it just did not make any, yeah. any sense. Sorry, sorry to sidebar you, but that we've in the office we've been talking about this a lot and it's just um it's very frustrating. It is what it is, right? Like yeah. the again, the the rules design team is separate from the model design team. Like mm-hmm. and I, I'm not privy to everything. I'm I'm speculating to a certain extent as well. Yeah. Actually, do you want to jump back and chat and scroll up a bit? There was a couple of questions. And then I'll finish my little spiel. Yeah. Um scroll up, scroll up, scroll up. Don buh, 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 buh. Uh, Don the Magnificent says, CIBs is the death of me. He's talking to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody was asking a question. Yeah, yeah, scroll up more a little bit. Um, Fear uh, the, I yeah, think it was I Fear can't. the Reaper. I'm sorry, the chat's going too quick. I yeah. can't read it all. Fear mm-hmm. the Reaper, I think, was asking if you can make more than one knight a Dreadblade. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can make all of them Dreadblades. And unlike with Imperial... Uh, you can be a Dreadblade and still get the benefit of being Iconoclast or mm-hmm. um, Infernal. So with Chaos, there's no downside to being a Dreadblade apart from the Damnations, which can hurt you. Mm-hmm. And by the way, in a, in a practice game, I, I got boned so hard when I failed the leadership check on my Big Knight and in, in my Infernal Knight mm-hmm. at a critical moment. And we it screwed me so hard. But in every other game I've played, it hasn't really done anything. Right. But yeah, everybody can be a Dreadblade. Even the little guys can be Dreadblades. Uh, in the book, it says literally every single knight can be a Dreadblade. Um, and then just kind of finish my little spiel from my big boy. Um, what, what you give him kind of depends on who you're playing. Obviously, like I was saying, everyone's focused on the ignore modifiers to hit Relic, which um, on a, you know, a shooty knight is, needs very little explanation. But you're not going to take it every time, mm-hmm. right? Most armies don't have negatives to hit. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not one of those things you're going to always take it. When it's good, it's ridiculously good. But when it's not applicable, it literally doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So typically what I find myself doing is um, when I do take a relic, um, I take that one frequently against like Eldar or Tyranids or Gene Sealer Cold. Actually, a lot of, they have a lot of negatives to hit. Uh, especially Chaos. Uh, the other one I find myself taking, if I'm playing a shooting army because of my Connor class, I can take a four up. But uh, if you do that, you can't be a Dreadblade, just FYI. Mm-hmm. So if you want to do that, you have to think that one through ahead of time. Or the Dreadblade ability to get a five up in melee. Because the double Gatling Cannon Knight with Iconoclast, uh, if I'm playing a Horde army, you take the Vow of Carnage. And for every 10 models you kill, you get an extra attack. Uh, as you're running and gunning with the double Avenger Gatling Cannon, that knight becomes an unholy terror. Mm-hmm. Like, it's insane how powerful he'll become very quickly. Uh, and if you really want to ratchet that up to a 10, you can give him a, uh, the plus one attack warlord trait. And he becomes stupid, ridiculous in melee with mm-hmm. AP3 kicks on the charge. Right. You know, going up to like 24 attacks, it's insane. Yeah. It's absolutely bonkers. 
So um, that's a really good one. Uh, if you're playing against somebody that's like, you know, uh, like another knight army or like a vehicle heavy army, whatever the case may be, you take Val the Beast Slayer, gives you reroll of ones to wound against things with eight or more wounds. Um, that's a really good one also. So it, it, it's just, he's super mega flexible. He's really good at shooting. He's really good at combat. He's quick. Um, for the, um, for the, the pact, uh, Infernal Vigor is a really good one because if he gets the plus one ballistic skill, it's ludicrous. If he gets a plus one weapon skill, it's also crazy. The extra movement's great. Um, ignoring negative ones or uh, AP1 mm -hmm. modifiers, I found to be really, really strong depending on who you're playing. AP1's extremely common. And uh, especially if you can get him a cover save, that makes him extremely durable when you're ignoring those AP1 modifiers. Uh, they're, they're all pretty damn good. Um, one of the other relics I like to take if I'm finding myself against an opponent that the other ones aren't super applicable um, is the banner that gives you uh, plus one leadership. And on a five up, you get a command point back at the beginning of each turn. I've, I've used that one numerous times because it's a plus one leadership bubble to all chaos units, not just mm -hmm. your knights. So it really helps the demons and everybody else too. So um, just extremely flexible. And in this list I have found to be super fun. A lot of command points. A lot of uh, strong board presence. And I think combos like this are going to be pretty prevalent. But uh, again, if you want to gear up for it, um, I would be really prepared to kill Plague Bearers and mm -hmm. Knights. Yeah. Yeah. Because generally speaking, Chaos Knights have worse defense, but better offense than Imperial Knights. Yeah, because you'll be rocking a five-up invul. Yeah, because the yeah. only way to get the four-up invul in shooting is if you take Iconoclast and you don't make them a Dreadblade, yeah. which is a pretty big trade-off. Because the Dreadblade benefits are strong. Yeah. So they're, you can run into really good. you can run into trouble against other knight players if they get to or, go first. Or, tau or, yeah. or you know, a space range shooting army would be tough. Right. Yeah. Like a Shadow Sword based list, something like that would be something rough. Something like that. Yeah. A Castellan will wreck you. Two Castellans. No. I'm still talking about the two Castellan list, baby. Yeah. Why? Why not? Why? So let's jump in the chat and hear what are people thinking or finding are really good combos with Chaos yeah. Knights. Um VGR Ray says, uh, and this is Ray Awamata, one of the better players out there, uh, well known for his Eldar Flyer list. Mm -hmm. I play an army built around negatives to hit. It's either going to die or you will get one turn with it. The fact that you can go back to, to automatically to top tier, it won't be that bad. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's talking about how he's going to counter the, the much feared Helm of Warp Sight mm -hmm. uh, or Spite. I can't remember what it is. Helm of Warp Sight, I think. Uh, Bugman, uh, 1983 says, my Wraith got Bonet Day by my OP Knight with the Relic. So their 3++ save cannot be used. I don't know what he was saying. I think he was talking about his Necron Wraiths got wasted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the combo is Death Hex plus the Knight will kill. It's just so lethal. It's so lethal. You really want to think about how you're going to uh, deal with, with the, that combo. It's going to be very popular. Mm -hmm. Mam Dara says his knight's coming back. He's very excited about that. Double Gatling Cannon for him, for the win. Uh, yeah, it's going to be very strong. Uh, Chaos Knights are really good at going hybrid melee shooty, though. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the benefits, especially in the Infernal household, so many of the benefits are good for melee and shooting. Uh, Novasaur says, do Chaos Knights prevent me from scoring Mono God in ITC? Well, does it have the mark of that god? If it does not, then yes. So... Yes, it mm -hmm. does. They do not have the mark of any god, so you do not get mono faction if you take a knight. Yeah. And that's true of anything. 
I don't know. It's funny how many people are asking me this. I'm like, does it have the mark? No. Well, then no, you don't. Right. Um, this guy, any suggestions on taking down Chaos Knights as Imperial? Shoot them. The same way you take down yeah. regular Knights, but easier. Yeah. It is they easier don't, to they're not. They're, they're not going to have a four of Invul for the most part. Yeah, you, I don't think you're going to see the four Bimbo that frequently because right. being a Dreadblade, in my opinion, is better. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you might. You might see an Iconoclast yeah. Knight double uh, Gatling Cannon with just that. Yeah, so just the normal way to you just, just shoot yeah, him. Yeah, just shoot him to death, man. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just like I've always found killing Knights is really not Knights die pretty quick. Like yeah. I'm always like not surprised when my – because I take the one Knight and the two Armagers class Knights, and um, yeah, they die quick. I mean, they, it's 24 wounds, but it just it goes down. Yeah. You know, they're not invulnerable. So, yeah, if you're Imperial, whatever guard, take last cannons. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's not... Yeah. I've always found knights are pretty easy to kill, especially in melee is where they're the easiest to kill. Now, yeah. the trick with a Chaos Knight is that you need to not let them charge you because they will yeah. kick you into outer space. Um, charging them and killing them in melee is where you want is where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Because the only way to get a me- an invul save in melee mm-hmm. for a Chaos Knight is they have to take a Dreadblade-only relic that gives them a five up invul save in melee. There's no way for them to get a two up armor save, mm-hmm. which in, in my opinion is usually better. Yeah. So a Chaos Knight will never have a two up armor save in melee. And the best it can be is a five up invul save in melee. And you can't rotate ion shields. Thanks for Jim for pointing that out. They fixed that. So he'll only ever have a five up invul save in melee. And you have to take an extra damnation, extra pact. So that if you can somehow lower that Knight's leadership, mm-hmm. when it takes its, its, uh, its Dreadblade test, um, it could really get screwed because it has it'll have three damnations in all likelihood. Mm-hmm. So um, they're gonna be easier to kill, not by a lot, but they'll be easier to kill than the Imperial versions. Fear the Ripper, yeah, we already said this. You can take uh, uh, you can take a pact on multiple. Every single knight can be a Dreadblade. There's there's no limitation on it. Um, Phase that up said he took an Iconoclast yesterday. Crusader configuration versus Nurkle and ended up with ten base attacks. Yeah, yep, I, I've. Against Frankie's Gene Slayer Cult Horde Army, by turn three, I stopped counting how many attacks I had because I would kill anything I charged. Because mm-hmm. I'd taken Infernal Vigor as well and had a weapon skill two. So I would go in and just, just obliterate any unit. We, we, just didn't even, we didn't even roll for it. Mm-hmm. It was just no point. So it's, it's going to be interesting. They, they, I think they're going to have a big impact on the meta, but I think people are going to see that they, they, they die quick. They die quick. You need to think about trying to throw other things out there to keep people occupied so that your Chaos Knight can survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dawn the Magnificence bringing a Chaos Tyrant to Slaughterfest. Uh, my snowflakeness will not be denied. I've been saying I think the Valiant version of the Chaos Tyrant with Infernal Household is going to be really good. Yeah. Really, really good. I, I think it's going to be a great combo. Uh, Karak Fiasco Man, what's up, bro? You're going to Nova this year and you have a list? Yes, I will be at Nova and I think I'm going to bring my chaos list that I was just talking about. So we'll see. Uh, Mamdir, but how many Green Knight Terminators is the Codex? Jason, how, that's How good a, is a Chaos Knight compared to a, a how Green many Knight? Chaos Knight? How many Green Knight Terminators is a Chaos Knight worth? Like 0.5? He hit it on the head too. <laughs> it's as good as two. Two, we give him two, two Green, Green Knight, Knight Terminators. Terminators. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. I might be the greatest warrior. Well, in the that's the problem. No Grey Knight Terminator or no Grey Knight players are playing two Terminators. This is too much. Mm-hmm. It'd be unfair to your yeah. opponent. Um, yeah, it's gonna be good. And then, and in the chat, we'll jump over to the to the show notes after this. But uh, one of the other combos to 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 be mindful of um, is the corn relic for knights that lets you once per game ignore invulnerable saves on your attacks. Mm-hmm. It's really important to remember. It's an important distinction. It's not you don't 
you don't turn off the invul save of, of a target, your attacks ignore invulnerable saves for one uh, one turn, mm -hmm. which means you could go into pretty much anything in the game and kill it in one round of combat. Yeah. So people here are still contesting your idea. Uh, Fear the Ripper, it literally says any Ooh, knight and, may be a dreadblade. And Don agrees with him. I believe um, Don. Oh, I've been wrong before. We'll go double check. But it, it says in the section that describes how to build your yeah. list that any knight may be a dreadblade. Yeah, the so. Don you don't argue with. Ooh. That's right. Ooh. All right, let's get back to but, it. But uh, we'll double check. But I know that is how most people are running it, including myself. All right. So we have a ton of events coming up this uh, weekend. Uh, wow. Holy Schmackies. Oh my God! It's like 40, 40k events this week. Too weekend. many. Too many. Maybe not that many, like thirty. Mm -hmm. uh, but we do have quite a few big events. First, Slaughterhouse GT twenty nineteen. That's in Grand Forks, Minnesota. Uh, we have another GT, the River Open, the River River Valley Open, in Arkansas. We have the Monkey Can in Auckland, New Zealand. Um, that's going to be. I think that one actually might be a major. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we have another major, the Warhammer 40k major event, Battle in the Warp, the first crusade in Mildothian, Midlothian, Midlothian, Virginia. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting name of a city. Uh, the Show Me Showdown GT in Kansas City, Missouri, and another major, the Caledonian Revolution 2019 in Stockport, England. Nice. Upcoming events for Age of Sigmar, we have a major coming up. Uh, yeah, this weekend, the Ren 4 Battle Across the Realms. Part two, uh, we also have two GTs, BWG Summer Slaughter Age of Sigmar Grand Tournament in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, and the Forge of Souls GT 2019 in Spokane Valley, Washington. Right. Pretty cool. 40K current top five. Mr. Jim Vessel continues to lead the pack with 1,140 points. TJ Lanigan still nipping at his heels with 1085. Richard Siegler, the Tau Wonder. Jumped up into third. Chris Blackham in fourth. And Manny Chima from the UK sitting pretty in fifth. Your current 40K ITC Hobby Track top five. Jim Vessel still leading the pack with a significant lead. Followed by Paul Winters in second. Lou Rollins, last year's champ in third. Andrew Ford in fourth. And Jason Bird in fifth. Your current uh, Age of Sigmar ITC top five. The Jersey Kid is maybe extended his lead. He's got 710 points way yeah. out in front. Dutch Adams in second with 684. Jeremy Vessier just one point behind him in third. Alex Gonzalez in fourth and Matt Beasley in fifth. Hobby track. We've got Rick Fisher still leading the pack, followed by Philip Verduzco in second, Natasha Thomas in third, Rich Waters in fourth, Matt Beasley in fifth. And your Shadespire, top five, Tony Field in first, Jonathan Colson in second, Philip Santamaria in third, Kevin Cruz in fourth, Ivan Cho in fifth, Kill Team, top five, ITC, mm -hmm. Michael T. Holy still leading the pack with a almost 90-point lead. Uh, Ryan Hebb moves into second place, Georgie Garnett in third, Alex Grinton in fourth, and Frank Dalicus in fifth. Pretty we, good. We really need that plus or minus. That would be a cool feature to have. Yeah. But it's hard uh, to keep track. Not something that I can do. Yeah. It's BCP and they've got their hands full. Got it. So this past week we had uh, one GT and then obviously the ATC, a major. Mm -hmm. So we added it into my little uh, kind of mm -hmm. rankings tracker. Put in your little calculator. Yeah. There's beep, boop, beep, boop, boop. And uh, yeah. I didn't include ATC into this because it's too 
in my opinion, the team format is just too different. Yeah. Those lists are not meant for 1v1. They're meant for, well, the team tournament is 1v1, right. but it's... The lists are written for specific purposes yes, thank you. in a team format. Right. So yeah. I didn't include them in this because those lists may not replicate the performance in, in a normal tournament setting. Yeah. So taking a look at Warzone Houston, but to be fair, congratulations to the wobbly gentleman yeah. uh, who won the ATC and a lot of those guys are the ETC USA team, so that bodes well. So good luck. Nice. Good so that, that's actually really cool that, yeah. that that panned out that way. Yeah. Because if they did really badly, it would not look good. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I, I'd like to give a shout out to the Thick Boys because I was I was hoping. I, fingers crossed the whole weekend for them. That um, was the best name. Yeah. The thick Two boys. C's. <laughs> to be fair though, they probably should have been three C's. I. But, you know what? Why you know, not? Yeah. I loved it. Why uh, I like that joke. So Warzone Houston, taking a look at who did what. Nick Sutherland was big winner chicken dinner with orcs God, yet again. Jeez, these orcs. Yet again. Lots of boys, lots of grots, lots of characters, lots of mech guns. That's kind of the, the pattern we're seeing. The only variation really is if they have Ludas instead of the mech guns. Yeah. And then, of course, there's old Ben Jurek who's marching to the, the beat of his own drum with lots of vehicles. He has the flyers, two Gorkonauts. Not trucks, though, right? Um, I, I, I don't know. But he has, okay. he's, his list is very different than everything else we're seeing, but he's doing very well. Mm -hmm. uh, Colin McDade got second place, running an Imperium army. Uh, very interesting army. He had uh, a bunch of Death Watch veterans. Well, he, mm -hmm. had a, he had a Blood Angels and Death Watch. Mm -hmm. And the Death Watch was all these mixed units with Terminators and bikes. I've seen that. Yeah. Cool stuff. And then Blood Angels was kind of the usual stuff with powerful mm -hmm. characters and scouts. Yeah. Um, and I think he had a unit of infiltrators in there. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, and the infiltrators are starting to pop up more and more because they're so good at blocking deep strike. Yep. Uh, and then he had a Raven Guard detachment that was like all snipers. Mm -hmm. Really interesting list. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Clifton Russell was in third with Gene Steeler Colt. And he had a ton of uh, hybrids, acolytes, and bomber bikes. Okay. Pretty good. And then fourth place, Vincent Arroyo playing a mixed chaos with a ton of plague bearers and characters. Kind of a, a Jim Vessel-ish type list. Mm -hmm. we're, we're seeing that a lot where you have multiple layers of plague bearer screens. Mm -hmm. And then a ton of characters that do all the damage. Lots of psychic powers and stuff like that. So uh, putting it up there, uh, obviously with only one event, it's kind of obvious, but works. Uh, we're the best last weekend, followed by Imperium, Gene Sir, Colton, Chaos. And then we put it all into our rolling five-week total. Nice. Where do we go? Imperium continues to lead the pack with the most points, but only one first-place finish. A mm -hmm. lot of kind of middle middle of the top. Uh, yeah. And also, Imperium is the most played faction in the game. There you go. Not surprising. Nope. However, Orcs are in second place with six first-place finishes and one-third. So they're not as well represented, but not even close. Yeah. But when they show up, they tend to win. It's one of those armies, I feel, that like if it wasn't such a pain in the butt to buy and put them together and play them, more you would see them more. But they're really good. It's like Astra Militarum. Pure Astra Militarum, in its true sense, is extremely powerful, but it's such a pain in the butt to put them together and play with it. It can be. Yeah. It can be. I mean, Orcs is a pretty big commitment. It's just not worth it. It's, you know what I mean? Like, it's like one of those things that's like, oh, yeah, I could put together 300 Orcs and do really well, but who wants to do that? I mean, you know? it's, you know, it depends, right? right? And they're very good. They have all the tools you need right now. Uh, Tau is sitting uh, pretty in third. And again, they've got 
good spread and they're winning events, which mm-hmm. Tao was always kind of considered to be the bridesmaid, never the bride or a gatekeeper army, but that's clearly not the case anymore because they are they're closing mm-hmm. the deal and winning events. And if you haven't faced a really good like Triptide broadside drone mix with the commanders like you have not gotten your teeth kicked in like that yeah Oof. and actually mixed chaos should be above them my bad i didn't sort it again oh wah, boy. Wah, wah. but uh they're they're basically neck and neck chaos has yeah. got three wins and chaos is the second most represented army in terms of popularity mm-hmm. so uh that's pretty telling right um, but they're looking pretty good in yeah fourth. but that's mixed but again it has a lot of different factions that could be mixed together where the other Armies don't. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of common elements, though. There's almost always a demon detachment. Mm-hmm. And then from actual Chaos Space Marines, you're typically only seeing the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's because just MEQs in general are underperforming right now. Yep. Their, their stat line and their points don't jive. Except for the infiltrators. Pri- some Primaris Marines are definitely performing yeah. where they should be. But normal Space Marines, quote unquote, yeah. they just, frankly, they suck for their points. They just do. Like a I can't, Chaos I can't Marine think of the last time that I saw somebody shit. play Tactical Marines. I, can't, I was, I can't the, I was the only one that I know of yeah. that was doing playing Tactical Marines and actually winning any games. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just one attack, one shot. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just it sucks in this edition. Yeah. So the Space Marines need a fundamental change, yep. right? Like there's ways that they can be good. Like with Chaos Space Marines, I've seen people use Red Corsairs where you have a unit of 15. Mm-hmm. With Marcus Slanesh, and, and you know, you can recycle them and then double shoot them and all. Like, you can make them work, but it's always some sort of a, like, one-trick pony kind of, like, tricky thing. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you're not building the core of your army around yeah. Chaos Space Marines or Tactical Marines. You're just not. Yeah. Right? Like, they, they need a stat change. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eldar sitting, kind of combine and lump them together. They're, they're next in with Azriani or Eldari. Mm-hmm. which is either mixed or craft world Eldar, followed by Drukari. So all the Eldar bros are kind of right there in the middle. Uh, after that, forces the hive mind, then pure space marines, and then kind of down the list we go, mm-hmm. sort of sinking into obscurity, so to speak. But uh, it's cool to see that almost every faction is represented. What faction's not represented, Reese? Oh, Grey Knights. Mm. Poor Grey Knights. Yeah. But, you know, for people that have a mind to do it, Almost every faction in the game is setting foot on the podium. Yeah. Right? Like, and then, like, some of these, barely anybody's playing them right now because they're not popular, but... And I don't see Sisters of Silence on there. That's... Which is interesting. Okay. Okay. You got me. Are those the two that are not... No, there's three. That's not even a real faction right now. It could be. They don't have an HQ. You don't have to have one. You don't, but then you don't have any CP either. You have three. Three rerolls, baby. Yeah. Actually, one because you take an assassin. So you have one reroll. <laughs> I'm working on something. Yeah, can't wait to see how this ends up going. Yeah. Uh, but uh, let's take a look at some of these recently completed commissions from the FLG Paint Studio. All right. All right. We've got quite a few nice. There's a lot of pictures here. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's been a lot coming out. That's true. So we have a couple. Uh, these are some Forge World they're death, Space Wolf. They're Death Sworn. Yeah. So which are a 30K. Uh, Space Wolf units, uh, fantastic. Loved how these came out. Uh, I believe this is level two basing with Tabletop Plus. Um, so a lot of detail looks fantastic. I like the little uh, gems on the knees. Yeah, they look great. Yeah, they, these really, and this is a larger unit. This is just a couple models from the unit. But uh, I'd never seen these models before. And um, 
you know, damn it, that doesn't make me want to play Space Wolves. They're, they're gorgeous. <laughs> they look really yeah. cool. Like, that would be a great, these would be great models for 40K for, like, veterans. Yep. Like, fantastic. Yeah. Um, so those came out really well. Uh, we have uh, some Steel Legion and traditional Steel Legion colors there. I believe this is a tabletop standard. Um, very cool looking. Um, just traditional, how they look, uh, which we do also. Uh, what is this thing called? It's a Venom Crawler. The Venom Crawler. Black Legion, traditional colors. Very cool looking. Yeah, again, it's a, it's a rad model. Again, if you, it's the closer you look, the more detail you you find. The tongue is very off. You just, yeah, in a good way. It's a detailed looking, off-putting tongue. Uh, and then like, the little gem for the eyes. Ah, oh, it looks so cool. Yeah, black is subtly highlighted. I love that. Um, and we got a Castlin. Night Castlin and the uh, the the best house colors. People don't even have to ask. Like, do you want to cast them? I'm like, what house? Like, what do you think, idiot? I'm like, house <laughs> what Raven, do you huh? think, you stupid idiot? But uh, that's not so true anymore. But yeah, this is a great looking night. Um, all the detail work, everything's included in the price, and that came out really well. Uh, level three basing. So yeah. it's, a, it's a detailed, complex base that we made with uh, corkboard and other cool things. And then, wow, this looks fantastic. I haven't seen this so close up. A Shadow Seer. A Shadow Seer. And this so is like well. an inch away from the model by the way um and and just fantastic um this is uh obviously a tabletop uh, plus and um the basing is just an automatic level three because it's, it's molded but looks really good yeah that's a really sharp looking model. i know gosh it looks cool it makes me want to play harlequins well let's uh, jump in and answer some questions in chat and then we'll go uh -huh. ahead and close it out uh -huh. vgr ray says contrast contrast paint orcs uh yeah that's like a number one candidate for the contrast paint. They look really, really good. Right. Um, just, or yeah, like dipping. This is yeah. the same thing. I think it's the same exact thing yeah. as contrast paints. I've dipped an entire army before it looks Or airbrush. You just airbrush yeah. it green. Yeah. And you're like, I'm done. If you have, you know, what, like, you know, 120 boys to put together and paint, I mean, yeah. Ugh. You want to do it quickly. Yeah. Uh, Don the Magnificent says, or he's talking to somebody else. Oh, uh, those are, no, he's saying those are the ones that uh, don't have any. Um, wins Inquisition Agents of the Imperium well, yeah, those are like not even full armies uh, yeah. Lou says and Vapor Gun says man those models look awesome thank you so much well, we appreciate do. it they do Shogun5280 what do you guys think of cultists if plague bearers get the nerf everyone is think what I don't know what nerf do you think they're getting I think there's maybe the nerf everyone's wishing but I don't think there's any nerf coming yeah. cultists are good for what they do I think plague bearers are better uh, Brett P nine zero zero three says, "What about the price increases for GW forty K and the holdup on orders?" Well, they hit us with that um, kind of, ran, and then the way they rolled it out was a little weird. It was like, really quick. The prices for us went up before they went up, and when I say us, I mean retailers. Our mm -hmm. prices went up before they went up for GW, so it, it was really confusing. And uh, you know, they, to, they're beholden to their shirt. To be fair, though, they, they there's not been a price increase in years. Yeah, they've at been least, really good about at it. At least three years yeah. since they've done any kind of price increase. So, yeah. I mean, you have to expect a little bit of a price increase. And a lot of stuff they did, too, is they just kind of rounded things up. Like, you had, like, weird prices where something would be, like, $42.30 or something like that because they probably did some sort of, uh, you know, a, um, whatever, um, a currency well, they, they, change. They, but then they just rounded it up to, like, $35. Like, that's kind of what a lot of that stuff was. They, they have to – they're beholden to their shareholders – Right, and they have to keep the prices at certain points in order to um, maintain the margins that they need to. Mm -hmm. Right, so 
you know, it's an expensive hobby and people that, com that complain about the price, you, you know, yeah. you're totally free to do that. Right. Well, some people get like so bent out of shape and I'm like, this right. is a luxury good that you do not have to purchase. Right? Yeah. Like, and there's a lot, there's still a lot of, um, um, really expensive hobbies that like play golf. Yeah. Or scuba diving <laughs> yeah. or skiing. Or, right. Know. I just, I mean, I, I get it. And as a business, I get it. But like as a publicly traded company, like they're, they're literally, their job is to make money Maximize for the profit. shareholders. That's yeah. like, that is the reason that that company, once it goes public, that is why that company exists. It doesn't yeah. exist to give you something that you can afford. I'm sorry. Like that's yeah. just, that's literally their job. They're legally obligated. If they don't do their job, their shareholders will fire them. Yeah. That's the way a publicly traded Unfortunately, that's how it works, yeah. you know? So I get it. And it wasn't that crazy. And it, I mean, the price increases, it was kind of, it was just, there was some confusion and frustration because yeah. some people thought they got the order in before the prices went up and they didn't. And it's oh, because- gotcha. That's because our prices changed before they publicly changed. The way, so, yeah, the way that companies have to place orders for um, product, yes, like we we were essentially taking orders a week before Games Workshop, and then we had to increase the prices. It. But and we like, they're not up yet. I'm like, they are for right. us. But then, because then when you place your order and we place our order, we would have paid the new prices. Yeah. So we would have been losing We'd money. Been losing money. Yeah. So. Uh, Brett P nine zero zero three. I tried golf. Forty K is better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm better I mean, at 40k. <laughs> any, any hobby that you yeah. have, like you're well within your rights to complain about the price of anything. Of course, that's right. you're right. But again, just just try to remember that that's that's like a first world problem if there ever was one. Like, mm -hmm. you, it's not like food or you know utilities or gas mm -hmm. or some something that you need. It's you know it's a hobby. Yeah. So, you know, if it's out of your budget, that's a bummer. But you know, just print your print the. Don't the... Get out of here. Uh, Don Magnificent. Get a piece of paper and cut them up. Says, yeah, right. <laughs> that, well, that'd be fun. Use trees. Says, uh, make cultists great again. Yeah, cultists, I don't think anybody's going to make the argument. Cultists are overpriced. Five points is way too much. But they got, yeah. they got like triple nerfed, which was not necessary at all. Because they were really good at the time, though. Like, it went they too were far. Stupid. The, the, it's the door swung. Yeah, way. way the, yeah. the pendulum went way too hard the other direction. So, I mean, like, if Coldest were four points and then kept all the things, that, like, yeah. with all the other changes and everything, I think they'd be totally serviceable and fine. Someone should see what got nerfed hardest, fastest. Uh, Ooh, that, that'd be a good, got that's hit a big video. Uh, either Commissars, Commissars or Coldest. Or Storm Ravens in the beginning of the edition. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, GMO Paint says uh, TCGs are also really expensive. Yeah. Uh, Shogun5280. Some guys like Team J Lanigan are speculating the play, mm. Plague Bear is getting nerfed two to three yeah, points but, more, but I would love to play my new Abaddon with all my cultists. Suspiciously. Oh, Malefic Lords got nerfed pretty hard, Don. It's yeah. specific, uh, suspicious that TJ Lanigan is spreading that rumor. He probably doesn't want other people to take the list that he took from Jim Vessel. <laughs> so he's like, hey, guys, when you just heads Arden, up. Just heads up that these are going up two to three points. You might not want to actually make a list with these. Yeah. I so mean, very smart. But not smart enough for me. Oh, TJ. Jason's on you, TJ. Detective Butler. <laughs> on the case. On the scene. Yeah. Where's my trophy hat? But Detective Banana. <laughs> you can't hide from the banana. <laughs> tagline. That's a tagline. <laughs> Doesn't matter where you are, in the gym, shower. Yeah, the banana will find you. <laughs> uh, the banana probes deep for the story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't cut that out, Mariana. Yeah, the banana is looking for the scoop. That's a good one. There That's a little go. bit less sexual, but I liked it. 
That's more kid friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shogun five two eight zero. I think I think everybody in the forty k community that plays match play would agree that plague bears are too cheap for what you get. Um, going up yeah. to ten points a model sounds like too much to me. But um, um, purely purely speculatively, I could see plague bears going up in, in cost. They're just and they're it's. They're very frustrating to play. Get, man. The good. most frustrating game I've ever played was against a pure Nurgle demon list. And I just couldn't hit anything or kill anything. I'm like, why is everything minus one to hit? Why is everything or minus two? two? Or three. Why are you charging me on turn one? I'm like, how is this happening? And they're yeah. like, well, this combination. And this, 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 this. I'm like, what? The? Yeah. And then I was a Grey Knights player, so I killed the unit. He's like, bring it back, baby. You know, it, God, that's yeah. the worst strategy. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I got you know my three uh, smites on him. Oh, one yeah. one damage smite. Very good. Go get him. No, Go get him, Tiger. Three damage. Oh, that's right. Against demons, yeah. But you only have a few. But you can uh, only do one smite per unit. Awesome. Anyways. So, uh, at any rate, everyone in the chat's now making banana jokes. Mm. Um, Bodacious104. Would demons even be a thing without Plague Bearers? Yeah, they would be absolutely fine. Dude, Slanesh demons. Nobody plays that list. I've never been rocked as hard and fast. As Frankie Slanesh. As when Frankie played a Slanesh demon list. And I, it was un, it was overwhelming. It's but the thing, and, and he packed it away. He played it once, like twice. Killed somebody. He's like, ah, it's too easy. And he packed it away. The uh, the plague bearers are definitely the best troop in the game for defense, and I don't think anyone will will contest that because you'd yeah. be wrong if you did. But like for example, I play pure corn, and I win way more games than I lost. I would have won. Well, who knows? I, I think I would have won a GT, but the one I went. At the Hammer of Wrath GT, I went five and one or or, mm-hmm. or four and one, and the game I lost, I clocked out, and my opponent didn't have that many models left, which you know that's no guarantee of victory, but it certainly looked like I was going to win. Mm-hmm. And uh, in, in in practice games playing Corn Demons, I do extremely well. Like I don't have any issues whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, but Plague Bears are just such they're just so efficient. Uh, Pink Horrors are still super duper good, mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of other things in the Demon Codex that people don't really try because it's kind of default to what's the, the clear choice which is plague bears mm-hmm. <clears throat> but if, if if plague bears went up in cost hypothetically which is you know purely speculative yeah. they'd still be damn good right yeah. like they'd still be amazing even if they were a point or whatever more um it just you wouldn't be able to take as many of them it'd actually be a more of a choice right you might see more pink horrors mm-hmm. um and blood letters and such but um yeah demons have a lot of great stuff it's just that people kind of focus on you know the, the the obvious one, which makes sense. I, I, I understand why people would. Yeah. Uh, here, I want to run two chaos knights and corn demons. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean that's basically what I do. Yeah. I think you'll do great. Best troop though in the game, I'd say for offense. Drones. But drones aren't a troop. They're they're not. No. Can you Pro make tech. them troops? No, you cannot. Uh, best offensive troop in the game: well, gene stealers. Or Cataphron Destroyers. I think those are good choices. I think uh, Gene Cult Acolytes mm-hmm. are one of the hardest hitting point for point units yeah. in the game. They have zero defense. But um, like I've told, said many times, I had one unit of 10 Acolytes blow up a full strength knight in one round of combat. Yeah. With the stupid rock saws and all the buffs. They hit ridiculously hard as a troop. Um, Blood Letters, I think, are one of the best offensive troops in the game, point for point. Yeah, Guardsmen, because of orders. Yeah, Katachan. Kat- yeah, yeah, definitely. Katachan, Guardsmen are one of the best. Because they're good at melee and they're good at shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're only four points. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, I think there's a lot of contestants in that. I think Witches are actually really good, too. Like This would be a good article if somebody wants to write one. Yeah, I think that would be a great article. Not me, article. somebody else. Yeah. 
Karenir, I want to run two chaos. Oh, I already asked that. VGRA, Plague Bearers just need to lose their negative to hit. Once they drop below 20, not for the phase. That would be a big help, mm -hmm. I agree. Don the Magnificent says save your protocols. Is bullshit compared to every other bodyguard unit. It's it. The thing is, if you took that away from Tau, they would instantly yeah. suck. Mm -hmm. Like I agree, save your protocols is frustrating as can be, but that is what makes Tau competitive. If yeah. you took that away, they would just and it's fluffy. They have these drones flying around that are just taking the hits. Well, it's just you know? the mechanic. Like they take one mortal wound from like a like a shadow sword cannon. Like come on, yes. um, all drone kill team says vapor yeah. guns. Well, that wouldn't be very fun. Right. So anyway, we've gone over time a little bit, but it was a fun discussion. Uh, we hope you guys and, and gals enjoyed Signals from the Frontline, episode six hundred and forty-six. Just as a little bit heads up, forty uh, k Stat Center, which is on the uh, Frontline Gaming Podcast Network, is running a little late. That's because the Falcon was on vacation, so they're going to be coming out later in the week. And of course, check out the last episode of Chapter uh, Chapter Tactics, where they chat about tactics and chapters yeah to talk about how to win the games not and yourself stuff. but if you were to be good at playing e? no. so i haven't had a chance to listen to that one yet but i'm sure it's good as always mm -hmm. uh incredibly popular podcast check it out so thank you all for joining us we hope you have a great week and weekend and we will talk to you all again next wednesday show long